Good morning, guys. My iPad was, or Stan was still adjusted to Cody's much larger iPad because he's a lot smarter than I am, so he has a bigger iPad. I have a problem with breathing too hard. Every time I take a video and I'll like go to show Allie later, you can just hear me in the background just like <sighs> <laughs> And she always makes fun of me and I tell her, I'm like, I have two deviated septums. I was like, you need to have more grace for me. It's really embarrassing though. Like anytime I send a video to anyone, I have to mute it first because I know in the background I sound like a almost like <sighs> the entire time. It's humiliating, but Anyway, now all of you know that as well. So if you get a video from me, just mute it. Don't even listen to the sound. All right, so um, my title this week is Give It a Rest. Give It a Rest. Allie named it. I thought it was really good. I was just going to call it Rest. And I was like, sweetie, you really, you just moved it up on the list. That's a good one. Give It a Rest. I'm going to be talking about Go Figure Resting this morning. This is a topic that I have been praying on for a long time because I didn't know exactly what it was. I've heard what the church has maybe told me to make sure that I'm taking time to set aside and just relax. And I've heard things that you know different therapists have said that's important to your mental health. And I've read a lot and I've studied a lot, but it just never felt right to me. Like it never seemed to rejuvenate me whenever I tried it. So I really have gone on a journey the last couple months to figure out what it means to rest and why it is important to rest. So I'm going to take you guys on that little bit of a journey that I've been on. And I want to start by reading in Genesis 2.2. If you guys know me very well, the creation story, the Adam and Eve story, is one of my favorite things in the entire Bible. Like, if you ask me what I'm thinking about when I'm sitting in a corner, I am probably 30 minutes deep into a theological debate inside my mind, and I just can't catch you up that quickly. Like, I just love the idea. I love the, the creation story. I love to debate it, talk about it, hear your thoughts on it. But I won't go too deep into that. I'm just going to start by reading Genesis 2-2. Here we go. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So whether you believe that was 7,000 years or seven actual days, I won't get into it today. But we know at the end of it, when he had finished his work, he rested from all of it. He rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. Isn't it interesting that as far as we know, whether this was the very first thing that God has ever created, because, you know, he was and is and is to come, so he has no beginning and no end. Again, I'm going to try not to just bust this thing wide open, but it's crazy to me that here he is the first time in existence, possibly, creating. Maybe the first time ever he's creating something, and he creates for maybe six days, right? He finishes creating, and then he rests again. So debatably, he could have been resting for 
before that for all eternity, more than our human minds can even wrap around. He creates for six days and then he rests again. But he doesn't say, I'm going to bless the six days and call them holy because I have now created creation. He goes, I'm going to go back and rest and this day I'm going to call holy. And I don't know about you, but that I really, I know there's like something really deep, like there's some deep revelation here and I'm just going to be honest, I don't have it. Like I've been praying on it and I've been waiting for it, crying out for insight, asking for understanding. And I know there's a lot more to it, but it just blows my mind to think that the day he blesses is the day that he rests. And I feel like the days that we bless, the days that we say are great and exciting are the days that we create and not the days that we rest. I was thinking, you know, the resting days are the days that I skip over and I feel bad to even tell anybody about. The resting days are the ones that I don't really pencil out on my schedule. There's something that I don't think is very important. But yet it was the day that God said, I'm going to bless this day and declare it holy. And I wonder how many holy days I've skipped over because of that. I wonder how many times I've just zoomed in on the six days. I've just zoomed in on ministry and all the amazing things. How many of you guys know creation was amazing? It was absolutely amazing, but yet he got to the seventh day and did nothing, and he goes, that's the day I'm going to bless. So I was on this journey, and I was trying to figure out what does it mean to rest, and what is rest? Because I meet some people, and I'm like, I don't know what they need, but they need something. (laughs) You know, it's like, why are you lashing out at me? Like, maybe you need to give it a rest, you know? So I was like, I'm not too sure what it is, but I know that we need to be resting. I know that there needs to be a time of rest. So I thought, what is rest? So like any other problems in today's society, we Google it, right? So this is the definition, literally, if you Google what is rest, or I don't remember the exact words I did. This is what came up. There are commas instead of dashes, but that's okay. All right. First one, the definition of rest is to get rest by laying down. That one I'm really familiar with. I've heard people talk about it. I hate taking naps, but anyway, people tell me it's important. So I was familiar with that one. Here's another one, to cease from action or motion. Also hate that, you know? Like, I I love action and I love motion. I don't want to cease from either one of them, just being honest. And here's the third one, refrain from labor or struggles. To refrain from labor or struggles. I think a lot of times... We set aside time and call it rest, but it never truly is because we always bring our struggles with us. We bring our struggles from the first six days into the seventh day, and we go, well, this this is my time to rest. This is my vacation. How many of you guys have ever gone on a vacation and gotten home and went, wow, I need a vacation from that vacation? Anyone else? You might be planning your vacations wrong. (laughs) You might be doing it wrong. All right, another one, to sit or lie fixed. To sit or lie fixed. So interesting. To be supported. And this is the one that really got me. As a column rests on its pedestal. As a column rests on its pedestal. I was thinking about that. And I was like, that's what they put in the definition of rest? That is crazy. Can you show that picture? Um, I was driving in the car with Allie. Again, you never know what I'm thinking, but we passed by this, 
and I was in the car, and I was like, oh, God, you know, like, it just, it just hit me so hard, and I'm thinking about, like, you know, this is what, I, you know, I'm, like, cross-referencing all of these verses because we passed this massive light as you're getting on to 75, and I thought, how many times are we this big, massive, this was literally a light that went up like 50 feet, you know, you're the light of the world, right? <laughs> you're the light of the world and we have all this power, we have all this volts and amperage and I'm not a master electrician like some highly paid people in here, but anyway, I know that this light has a lot of power. And then I looked at that pedestal right there and I also looked at how all of those bolts are just fastened and deep. And I thought, I wonder how effective that light would be without that pedestal. I wonder how effective I would be if I wasn't bolted to something. If I didn't build my house on something that was solid. I wonder what would happen if we sat that massive 60-foot light right on the grass. Even though it has the power to light up the entire I-75, how long would it last? How long would it actually do what it was created to do if it was just sitting on the grass? And I think God's created us to do some amazing things that we never actually bolt into the very thing that we're supposed to be. It says to be supported is one of the definitions of rest and to lie fixed on. And as I was taking this journey for rest and I've been talking to Albert a lot and trying to figure out what rest is and I was like you know it's so hard because to me you know if it's like really rest I'm like I gotta think about Jesus so then I'll go outside and I'll sit on the porch and I'll take out my Bible and I'm like all right I'm gonna rest I'm gonna sit here and do nothing but I love action and I love motion and what I learned is someone that has let's say a job stacking boxes all day long take them out stack them on the shelf you know you work at Amazon you got the little wrist bracelet on to make sure they know where you go. <laughs> That's so interesting. Anyway, and let's say you're like a nuclear physicist, right? I realize that someone that stacks boxes and someone that studies rockets, they have to rest two different ways. And we've been taught you need to rest by laying down. But I learned that someone that stacks boxes has to rest differently than someone that studies on nuclear science. Because a lot of us go to rest, we go to lay down, and we bring our anxiety, we bring our struggles with us. And to think that the definition is to be free from anxiety or disturbances. I skipped over that one. I'm not too sure how I didn't bold and everything. What is rest to be free from anxiety or disturbances? I wonder how many times I've truly rested. I've truly been fixed on something. And I've found for me, I rest differently than Allie rests. Allie literally does go and lay down and do nothing. <laughs> the times that I rest the best, that I feel so rested and like rejuvenated is when I'm making something. Like when I'm doing something with my hands, I have such interaction and communication with the Holy Spirit, it's crazy. But a lot of times we go lay down, we go sit down, and we bring all our problems and our struggles with us, and we are a huge light that's capable of so much power, but we're not really bolted onto any pedestal. So I want to talk about how to bolt yourself in this morning. All right, so I'm going to read Matthew 4.2, and this is 
whenever the Holy Spirit was leading Jesus into the wilderness, all right? Matthew 4, 2 through 3, it says, For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. That sounds really hard, Jesus. I'm glad I don't have to do that, but I know I should. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Look at this. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. So when did the devil come? He came when he was very hungry and tempted him with food. And I realized that the enemy always comes when we are very hungry. He comes to tempt us with food when we're very hungry. He comes to tempt us with whatever it might be whenever, when we're lacking. And if you don't live a life of rest, the enemy will have a lot easier time coming and tempting you with whatever it might be. We have to live a life fixed on something or else it's going to be really easy for the enemy to come and pull us whichever direction he wants to. With this, it happened to be food, but he made sure that Jesus was tired and hungry before he came. He didn't come just after he had a full stomach. He came after he was hungry. Has anyone else ever been hungry before? Waiting for the job to kick in, waiting for the raise to come, and you get hungry, and then that's when the enemy comes. That's when he comes with the pieces of silver, and he goes, hey, I know you need this. He doesn't come when our bills are being paid, no problem. He comes when our, when our pockets are a little bit empty and we're a little bit behind on bills. That's when the enemy comes. So we need to be rested before that. Mark 2.27 this is the verse that really got me over the last couple months. This is so interesting. It's hilarious when you read through Mark and the other Gospels, and the disciples get so upset. Um, the Pharisees get so upset. The disciples, whenever they walk by and they start pulling off heads of grain, and they start to eat it, and they're like freaking out. They're like, you can't harvest grain on the Sabbath. And it's like, really? You're that, you're that messed up about that? But anyway, here we go. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So what happened was, is the Sabbath was deemed holy, so they could not work at all. They couldn't do anything. And when they walked by and they pulled off heads of grain and started eating, eating them, they were technically harvesting grain, which made it against the Sabbath. And Jesus says this profound statement. He said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. You see, people were working so hard to meet the requirements of the Sabbath, not realizing that it was created for them. The Sabbath was still created for you. I'm not saying that it has to be on a Sunday, but the Sabbath was created for you because you need rest. You need time to set aside to go, I need to cut something out here because I don't feel bolted. I don't feel secure. I don't feel supported because right now I feel like anxieties are following me. I don't feel rested. And Jesus goes, that's why we created the Sabbath because we knew that you would need it. It's not so that you can meet all the requirements and so that we can have fancy laws. It's not for that. It's because I knew that you would have to cut out some time in order to be a good husband. I knew that you would have to cut out some time in order to be a loving mother. I knew that you would have to cut out some time to make sure you had time for me. 
and that we were able to love each other and grow for each other. And I've realized in today's society, we just go, 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 go. I've been working, um, Michael works with me every once in a while in the summer, and he did some terrible deed that I don't even know about and got his phone taken away. And um, I don't know what it is, guys. Don't ask him, but it's something serious. Who knows? And um, every time he would ride with me, you know, we'd go on like different job sites and stuff like that, and he didn't have a phone. And he would just sit there. And I was like, I was thinking in my head, like, I've never seen anyone just sit there before. And, and I told him, I, I mentioned it to him a couple times. I was like, are you okay? Like, I feel bad. Like, I would set up my phone and, like, open, like, Netflix. I'd be like, dude, what do you want to watch? Like, are you okay? Like, I was really concerned that he was bored. And he was like, well, I've just gotten used to being alone. Not alone like he's sad, but he's just gotten used to being alone with his thoughts. And I thought, man, I sure haven't. I thought none of us are. We sit down in a waiting room and you see that you got like two seconds before you pull out your phone. And it's like we cannot be alone with our thoughts. And I was like, man, I need to get my phone taken away. <laughs> Literally, Apple knows Sunday morning. What do you guys get on Sunday morning? Your screen time report, right? And then we see how good of a Christian we truly are. <laughs> And then we look at it and we go, this can't be right. There's something wrong. Like, this is, this is background data. Like, this is going on in the background. Like, I'm not actually on my phone this long. And I would look at Micah over there in the truck and he'd just be looking out the window. <laughs> and I was like, man, that kid's alone with his thoughts. And he's okay. I don't know about you. I'm just going to be honest. Has anyone ever been afraid to get alone with your thoughts? Like you think about everything that's going on in your life and you're like, I need to turn on the TV. I need to, you know, play this, do that, watch this, go here, because you don't even want to think about everything going on. And we never truly rest because all we're doing is pretending that it's not happening. And we bring our struggles, our anxieties, everything else with us, and we go day after day after day without truly being bolded or fastened to anything. And it, really, it shook me looking at Micah doing nothing. I was thinking about, um, I remember a while ago reading this study that Harvard did where they invited, it was like a wide range of ages, 18 to 76, I think it was, and they would invite people in and they would go, we will give you gift cards if you will sit in this room and do nothing for 10 minutes. And they weren't given anything except for a small shocking device. And they just would lay it on the table. And they found that over 80% of people would prefer to sit there and shock themselves than to be alone with their own <laughs> thoughts. I'm not joking. Like, you guys can Google it and look it up. They would prefer to sit there and be stimulated by a shock than to actually be alone with their minds. Because we're not truly resting. We lay, down at bed at, we lay in bed at night and we turn on the TV we make sure that there's background noise. We wake up in the morning and we turn on music. We make sure that there's background noise because we hate the silence. We hate the voices that come with it. We hate that we might actually have to deal with what's going on in our life. But rest is getting alone. It's actually being in peace. 
and it's not bringing any of that with us. And a lot of us, we're never going to enter into rest unless we actually get intentional and cut some time out of our schedule. We've jam-packed our schedule so much that we don't even have time for the most important things. And we go, well, the most important thing to me is being a great father. It's like, well, do you spend any time with your kids? I was listening to um, this. There was a counselor, and he was counseling this, this couple, and they were about to buy a home. And they're like, if we just work a little bit more overtime, we can get this house for the kids. And the counselor goes, this house is not for the kids. They're seven years old. They don't care how much square footage they have. They want to see you. And they said, why don't you actually downgrade? Right now you're going over your budget. Take $50,000 off your budget and then buy a house. And he said, you said the most important thing was seeing your family and creating a space for your family to grow and live. Well, then you guys actually have to be at the house to do that. We have to cut out time to actually rest and be at peace. And some of us, you know, I've been talking about holding your thoughts captive and how to do that and what it looks like. Some of us need to take some time and do that before we can actually enter into rest because we have to deal with some of those anxieties. Allie gave me this, uh, we were talking about this on the way home the other day, and she was saying all this stuff, and I was like, let me write it down first, calm down. <laughs> and she was talking about how when you're on a plane, and you know whenever they're doing, you know, the girl comes out with the seatbelt, and she looks like she hates her life, and she's like <laughs> going through it, and I'm like, girl, get a new job, like come on, you know, like she's so frustrated and angry, and then the kid's like throwing up in the back, and it's just awful. But anyway, you guys been on a plane, you know what I'm talking about. And then the oxygen mask, and they show you how to put it on, and what do they say whenever, I don't even know what that's called, an oxygen mask, but whatever it is. Is it? Yeah? All right, yeah, that oxygen mask, what do they say whenever they pull it out? Put it on yourself before you help others. And I know this as Christians, a lot of times we're supposed to help people, right? We're supposed to help people. And we go around and we're tired and we're worn out and we try to, okay, I know God wants me to, and we try to put our oxygen masks on everyone else. And we wonder why every night we lay in bed and we feel like we're dying. It's because we never actually took any time to work on ourselves. We never took any time to make sure that we're fastened to something that's going to support us for the rest of our lives. See, the good thing about resting is when you rest, you make sure that when you go through the trials, they're not nearly as hard because the storm is raging around you, but everything within you is at peace. A lot of us have had storms raging inside of us, and when we actually walk into one around us, it destroys us. It's a lot easier to walk through a storm when there's actually a peaceful meadow going on inside of you. Let's read in. Um, many of you might have read this psalm a million times. Maybe some of you have never heard it, but let's pretend we haven't heard it, all right? We're going to read Psalm 23, just the first couple verses. All right, and let's really think about each word. Let's not just hear it. Let's really dissect it, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right path, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, 
See, this is so interesting. I was reading it this week. <laughs> he lets me rest in green meadows, but I walk through the darkest valley. I notice a lot of us walk through the meadows and rest in the valley. I notice when we actually get in a place where we can sit down and rest, we keep on walking and we don't make time for it. And then we get to the valley and we wonder while we're broken and we're hurting and we get down on the floor and we go, this is it. And it's like, if you would have rested in the meadow before you got to the valley, you could have walked straight through it. But you were in such a rush, you were in such a hurry, you jam-packed your schedule so much, you didn't have any time to actually sit in the meadow. You walked right by it, and then when you got into the valley, you couldn't keep walking anymore. And then eventually we get broken down, we get hurt, and we end up sitting in the valley. And God goes, no, my intent was for you to rest in the meadow, to get fastened to something, to be supported by me, to get rid of your anxieties and your fear because I know there's a valley over there. I know a valley's coming and I want to make sure that you can walk right through it. I want to make sure you can keep walking. The anointed Allison Wilkinson said, um, you don't just look for peace when you're at your breaking point. You have to live a life where you're living in peace. You should not just live, you should live in it, not just visit it. And a lot of us, when our life gets really hard, we go, okay, now I need to rest. Now I need to fix what's going on because I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> it's like bringing your car like after it breaks down and the mechanic's like, well, what's been going on? You're like, I don't know. The engine light came on like two years ago, but I figured like just change the oil and it will be fine. And he's like, no, now your bill is going to be a lot bigger. Now the time it takes to fix it is going to be a lot greater. Sometimes we get those check engine lights and we got to make sure that we fix something going on and we don't just keep driving. We go, hey, I need a meadow. <laughs> God, I need to rest for a minute. And we go, okay, here's my schedule. I was talking about it um, in the green room this morning. I've been working before, working with people, and they're like, this is the schedule. We have to get all of these jobs done. We have to be here at 11, here at 2. Let's make sure we get it done, get it done, get it done. And they're rushing like crazy. And true story, and then you get a flat tire. And it's like schedule halts. And it's like, actually, and then he's calling everyone, sorry, we'll, we'll be there tomorrow. Is that good? Okay, sweet. And it's like, all of a sudden, same amount of time, and we just cracked it wide open. But a lot of us wait, we wait until our tire blows to do it instead of doing it when our tires are still working. And I think if we started to do that before the tire blew, we'd actually get a lot farther in life. If we realized, okay, my schedule's filling up. I'm never home. I'm stressed. I'm worried. What's going on? Because I need to rest. Because some of our breaking points are different than others. Allie's breaking point is different than my breaking point. Different things stress us out. We rest in different ways. But guess what? I have to know what's going on in here. I got to make sure I know what's going on in my heart. You got to know what's going on with you, and you got to know what's going on with your spouse. It should be a normal thing to go, hey, sweetie, what's going on in your heart today? 
What are you stressed about? What are you worried about? How's your heart? We ask, how are you doing? It's like, okay, I'm doing well, but how's your heart? How is it doing? And then that's when you can break it open and go, okay, well, something probably needs to give. In order for us to live out of an overflow, something probably needs to give. But we have to choose to do it. If something's going to give, we have to choose to enter into that peace. We have to choose to enter into that meadow. We might even have to cut some stuff out. Or it might get cut out for us like Micah. He didn't know. That phone got ripped away from him. All right, this is John 14, 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. How many of you guys want that peace? It's like, where it at, Jesus? I need that. Peace I leave with you, peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Isn't it interesting? The Son of God, right? Comes down to the earth. You guys know the story. I could, oh. And he goes, peace I'm leaving with you. Peace I'm leaving with you, Cody. This peace is for you. My peace I give you, I do not give it to you as the world gives. You think you know peace. You think you know it. But you don't know peace like I give. And he finishes saying that and he goes, but do not let your hearts be troubled. Because a lot of us choose to let our hearts be troubled. Even though we have the peace that surpasses all understanding, we still let our hearts be troubled. And sometimes we have to make a decision to go, you know what, I'm not gonna allow that to steal my peace. I'm not gonna allow that to take from what Jesus gave me. I don't know about you, but my Savior came and made the ultimate sacrifice. I'm not about to lose my peace to some traffic. I'm not about to lose my peace to some bills. I'm not about to lose my peace to some conflict or some family troubles. My peace is not going for that because my Savior paid the ultimate price. And I'm gonna make sure I'm fixed on something. I'm gonna make sure that I'm bolted into a pedestal, that I'm ready for any storm that's gonna come because when I get in the meadow, I'm gonna lay down. Every time a meadow comes my way, I'm gonna lay down, I'm gonna go, thank you, God. I'm gonna cut time out of my schedule. I'm not gonna take as many jobs. I'm not gonna fill it up to make sure that I have time to rest. I have time to make sure that my heart's good, to make sure that my mind's good because a valley's coming. Storms are gonna rage. Valleys are gonna come, but I'm gonna make sure I'm ready to walk right through them. I'm gonna keep on walking through the valley. A lot of us sit in the valley when we're meant to just walk right through it. 1 Corinthians 10.31, one of my favorite verses. He's talking about food and, you know, coming into the new covenant and all that stuff. But he says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I think about this all the time because people can eat and drink and not do it for the glory of God. When I sit down at dinner at night, when I wake up in the morning to go to work, 
when I speak to someone, I try to make sure, am I doing this for the glory of God? What am I fixed on? What am I bolted into in this moment? Because we all gotta work, right? <laughs> we all gotta eat, we all gotta drink. We all gotta deal with confrontation. We're all gonna have problems and struggles, but I wanna go through that doing it for the glory of God. I wanna take time to rest, to be at peace. So if you guys don't mind, we're gonna, um, Allie's gonna sing a little bit of a song and maybe we could just sit here for like two minutes and just ask ourselves, talk to God, what's going on in here? What's going on in here? And just talk. Take time to be at peace. Take time to rest.